Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, what was the overwhelming feeling that overtook a person shortly after the death of a loved one? Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. And it is 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. And if you like the show, you want to get access to all of our bonus episodes, advanced episodes of the show, the ebook, the audiobook, all the extras. Become an extra podcast person. We call them EPPs. Sign up to do that at ghostpodcast.com. We're patreon.com slash real ghost stories. It's only $5 a month. You'll get access to all of that stuff. The world's largest audio archive of ghost stories. If you're feeling down because Halloween has ended and you're still going, I want more ghost stuff. Well, we do that here 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. So check that out at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Tony and Carol with you on today's episode of the program. What's going on? What's up, friend? What's going on? Well, today I posted a picture on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So if you're hearing this, you'll have to go back a little bit on my page. In um, it's just Carol Hughes. I'm super easy to find. I have a really creative name, <laughs> but um, it's the site of my murder she shed. Yeah, and I sent it to you, and it's like one of those things that I'm like, if you ever trip and fall into it, mm -hmm. it would be like right out of a a horror movie. Yeah. Because it's got all this crap sticking out of it's it. It's like Final Destination type scene shit, where it's right? like, oh my god, yeah. There's... And then you just hit it just right, and the nail gets you oh. in the heart. Yeah, or just like right in the temple or something. And it's yeah. like, oh my god, they fell into the shed. They're just why are you leaning against the shed? And like, oh my god, the nail just you know. And then it I'm could... not leaning. I'm dying. Yeah, I'd I'd get rid of those. Just yeah. I don't know what to. It's one of those weird things, like. I did have somebody ask me to do a video of the murder she shed, so I need to do that. Yeah. But um, it's like I'm afraid if you mess with that stuff, because it looks super creepy, but it's got kind of a really friendly vibe about the, <laughs> the place. That's what they said about the Conjuring House, the Amityville House, a lot of houses. Did really? Did anybody really say that? Charming. It had a friendly vibe to it's it. Charming. Wonderful. And My then, murder, she shed. I would not call it charming, but it is you know, like you know. I go in and chat, and I like whenever I have to go in there. You I'm go like, in hey, and chat, that? like you just I, chat with like whatever's there. I do. Okay. Every freaking time I walk in there, like today, I couldn't find my cat anywhere, and I'm like, oh. And I looked at the murder, she shed. I'm dead like, in the murder, oh, she shed. No. And I walked in there, and she wasn't in there. I'm like, hey, I'm just looking for my cat. <laughs> Like, if you see her, send her on out. Hey, so any of you demons want to come out here and help me find her? We're just going to be over here. Because I would really appreciate that because I'm not doing a good job on my own. <laughs> but, yeah, but other people looked at the picture and they said, like, somebody said, ooh, looks painful. 
Yeah, I mean, if you tripped and fell into that, that would not <laughs> be good. Somebody else, somebody else posted, "When the shed is the murderer." Yeah, exactly, exactly. It just looks like if you fell into it, like and it's it got would. upside down hooks on it. Why have upside down hooks? Those know. aren't even functional. Where they sacrificed the children in the area years ago. I don't I know. Guess. It's like, and it's way to the back, so and it. There's no alleys or anything. So if you were sacrificing children, no one would have seen it. Long lost bondage scene from BTK found. <laughs> right there in my backyard. He used all those nails and shit to attach his ropes and stuff. And little did you know, you thought it was just for rakes. And Ooh, lawn, and what if equipment. I would ex- like, like, you know, how things just seem to randomly pop up like crutches. Like, oh, yeah. what if there was ropes oh, and stuff back there? God. But I don't think there are. What if you start just digging in the area and seeing what you find? (laughs) I do have a shovel. (laughs) Just just seems like a lot of work. Like, who's got time for it? (laughs) I'm just going to dig. What are you doing this weekend? Oh, digging. (laughs) What if you found like a femur or something like sticking out or or, like the dog found it and you saw like where it kind of came out of in the ground? Would you silently keep digging yourself? Or would you call someone immediately? <laughs> I would probably just assume it's some sort of weird animal bone. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's I hardly say, want to Let's go say it's distinctly human. enough it's not an animal bone. Let's say it's distinct enough to be, I think this could be a person. Oh, hell, I would call 911. You would? Oh, hell yeah. Because you'd certainly have like crime scene tape around your backyard and all that and this and that. Or you could take the quiet route and be like, let's put that back where it went. <laughs> I don't, maybe that would be a better idea. Well, I mean, you're going to forever stigmatize your property. Um, That's true. So you, you know, you'll end up paying for that. And just although it could also increase the value of my property if it's like, yeah, murder happened here, and you know, murder houses you- don't usually go for much. No. Haunted ones do. If you can if you can add the haunting to it, then you might have just increased your value. But if it's just like excuse me, murder, the kind of yeah. The and this is morbid, but the Otero house yeah. where a BTK killed the fan not all of the family, but yeah. four people. I believe so. And and uh it was for sale because I lived close to that house. Yeah. Like maybe half a mile as a bird flies. Like I did not, not live far from there at all. Mm-hmm. And um, so they were selling that house at one point. And it was weird because they actually got like a big piece of wood, like a piece of plywood. And they painted on it. It said, um, no gawkers allowed or something like that. Like. Basically saying, yeah, this is a murder house. Only serious uh, open house people can come in. Usually you just let your real estate agent handle that without large pieces of wood. Yeah, but they had that up there in front of that house, which I thought was really strange. Because I'm like, okay, now anybody who wasn't into looking at that house now is. Exactly. Like anybody who's like, I wonder where that house is. Oh, there it is. Yeah, which I thought was really strange. I'm like... Well, it's like, not like not a and and you don't have to have an open house. And then you're exactly right. Like the realtor would deal with it. And but I'm sure there has to be some public disclosure yeah. if 
a, like in a very notorious murder happened in that house. Yeah. You know, I think that would be weird to actually put in an offer on the house and then they, they come back and they're like, oh, by the way, that was where a BTK murder happened. Yeah. I just thought that was really strange. Like, of all the ways to advertise that you don't want people to come gawk, that was a really strange That is weird. And what do you expect to have happen? I mean, if you're showing it on the market, any real estate agent can come and do and show it. That's just how that works. Unless they're, like, only arranging it directly through them. Which and my be, guess yeah. is, who knows? This is my guess. But I think that they were getting a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Getting, you know, just saying, sure. calling the realtor, saying, hey, I want to look at the house. Yeah, sure. But if if that's what you're doing, like, how would anybody know that? Exactly. I mean, unless you're Because the family's obvious. not home at the time when you're showing a house. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just kind of one of those things that's going to come along with the, you know, along the path of if you have a house like that, it's that's just kind of what, you know, comes along with it. Yeah, just strange. Yeah. Strange. No. I mean, it, it's it's a, an obvious thing. It's like where they tore down his actual house in Park City. That's just an eerie thing to drive by because it's this little neighborhood and all of a sudden house, house, nothing, overgrown grass, house, house, house. house. It's like, exactly. oh, that's where it was. Because if <laughs> you'd have a less idea where it was if the house was just still there. But well, and at the time, I think they really did the right thing because there were so many people going by the house and people, you know, on the interstate because it was right um, there. Park City, Kansas got super popular all of a sudden and was in the news. And so if you're like driving north from Texas, it's like Park City, Kansas, isn't that where that BTK guy lived? And so they were finding the house and people were going up and looking in the windows and it was really disrupt- disruptive to the neighborhood. Well, plus there was a restaurant down the road that had a jingle where it's like, come and see the BTK house. <laughs> come and see. Then have some of our food. And it's just one block east and two blocks north. <laughs> have a chicken fried steak and see the BTK house. <laughs> <laughs> but... I mean, I get like, I know who would want it. Like once that shit came out, like who yeah. would want to live it's in eerie. that neighborhood next to that house? I, that's one of those places where you go to the land and I would imagine that the land has something, you know, attached to it. just the energy has got to be there. I mean, it's not, not, I'm not even saying it's like somebody that he murdered. I'm just saying it's negative energy. So, so, you know, God, anything could be there, you know, anything that's negative and wants to feed off of that. That's just a, it's just a creepy plot of land. But anyway, exactly. uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to our first letter of the day. It says, hi, guys. I've been a longtime listener since 2014 and have submitted some stories in the past. I grew up in Nebraska. My past stories were about my haunted house growing up and freaky goings on in my life. But now I live in Europe. Anywho, this story is very weird. I never considered myself a medium or anything amongst what those gifted people do, but I've always felt empathic with feelings and energies and can notice them quickly. This information involves itself into my story. For the sake of the privacy of the people involved in this story and my family, any names in this story have been omitted. In October 2020, my sister and in-law's brother had committed suicide. It obviously wrecked us all. 
since I live in Europe and we are in a global pandemic, I could not fly back to be with my sister-in-law and her family. I'm adding this because therefore my story happened to me. I was extremely sad for such a long time, and even though her brother and I only met a handful of times, he was still family. Around that same time, my brother and sister-in-law found out that they were expecting. They planned to tell her brother around the time he passed, but they never got to, and he died not knowing. It was just so sad. The pregnancy went well, and the baby was born healthy, happy, in May of 2021. I talked to my brother and my sister-in-law about the baby. We called a lot, talked a lot through the birthing process. Within 24 hours, the baby was born, and my brother was sending our family the cutest baby pictures. A couple days go by, and I'm leaving school. I'm hit with this overwhelming sense of urgency. It was 8.30 at night, and this thought just completely hit me when I was walking up the stairs to leave my school building. I had to stop for a second and catch my thoughts. I kept seeing the picture of my brother holding the baby in his arms over and repeatedly, and a voice inside my head was telling me, he knows, he's proud, over and repeatedly. After a few minutes, it calmed down, but I was left confused and honestly weirded out. I realized then that I was the only one left in the building, so I got out and thought I was just tired and brushed it off. Following day, my brother and sister-in-law were getting discharged from the hospital. In the morning, their time, I'm eight hours ahead of them, and they were getting ready to head out. I was doing laundry, went to hang up a towel. The same exact picture and the same exact words were pushed into my thoughts yet again. This time I had to put the towel down, take out my AirPods. I was jamming to System of a Down, great laundry music, and started getting tears in my eyes. It finally clicked for me. I just knew in my gut it was my sister-in-law's brother. The thought consumed me so much, the only thing that felt right was to phone my brother. He answered, we talked, and I said to him, I have something I want to tell you, but it sounds crazy, and repeated the same second half of the story to him as I did here. He got silent, and he and my sister-in-law were shocked and started crying. We all cried together and talked some more, and then ended the call. After that phone call ended, the thought was stopped. It felt like it was forced into my thoughts, shoved in there to get the message across. I do not know how else to explain it unless I'm going crazy, and I do not know why he would come to me to pass this message. But nothing like this has ever happened to me before in my life. It was astonishing. I'll always continue to be your fan forever. I love the direction you're taking the show. Thanks for reading my story and wish you the best. Quite a story there. Well, and like, I think that, so I don't know if that was a guy or girl who wrote the letter. Um, so I'm just going to default to she. I don't know. But, <laughs> so. but I think that the, the um, brother-in-law, the person who committed suicide, mm -hmm. that's who he could get to, to get the message to them. Sure. Because not everybody's open to that. Mm -hmm. And so... I mean, I think it makes perfect sense. And for him to have done that, and then there's a baby on the way, and, and that be that would be so hard because it's like, I don't know. I think he would think if, if we could have told him a day sooner, like, would that have stopped it? Mm -hmm. But, you know, that wasn't the way it was supposed to play out. And it's just, that would be a very emotional very emotional. In an already very emotional time, adding that layer on top of it. You right, know? right. Yeah. 
But no. I also think it's wonderful to have figured out a way to get a message to them. Yeah. You know, and because there was someone who could receive it. And it does make you sound crazy, but it's like, you know, especially with them just having a baby, there's lots of emotion, there's lots of busyness, there's lots of everything. They can't, he couldn't get through to them. Yeah. It's like you were the chosen one. <laughs> and it's not even necessarily because you were the closest. It's just they knew you could pick this up and then pass it on. And that's, yeah. that's the purpose. So. I think it's wonderful. It's cool. It definitely is. Thanks for sharing yeah. that with us. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, so I go for a walk in the morning um, almost every day, and I, I walk kind of these country roads around here, and I sing Tim McGraw music really loud. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but um, it's usually Bruce Hornsby. Um, and there's been this house that I've been curious about, and it's just kind of like this old little ranch, you know, uh, house. You could tell, like, at one point it was a really, you know, cute house. It was somebody's, like, little farmhouse. And, but it, it looks, I, I thought it was abandoned forever. And then today I go walking by it, and there's a guy there, and there's, like, bicycles off to the side of it. And it looks like it's like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if like there people have been living in it and it's just looked like that. Or if they're, you know, getting in there, maybe it's, you know, an old relative or something's home that's just been sitting there abandoned for a while. And now they're kind of getting into it. I don't know, but I really wanted to go up and ask, but I, I didn't want to be rude either. If it's like, oh, are you guys, did you just get the house? You know, if especially like we've been living here for, you know, 45 yeah. years. Did you guys just get the house? Or yeah. are you just like super creepy people? Yeah, it's like, it's one of the two. <laughs> Either this is going to be an episode of Hoarders or you're renovating an old house, which is really cool. But I totally get that because there's a house in my neighborhood that I drive by all the time. And once in a while, the lawn's been mowed. Yeah. A couple times this summer. Um, but I've never seen anybody in or out of it. So yeah. my guess is that the neighbors get so tight, but they don't do a good job mowing. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't think anybody lives there. I don't know. But I don't know. Places like that can be interesting. And, and you know, some are just innocent things where it's just like it's in the family. Nobody wants to live there. Nobody wants to sell the place. And then it just kind of sits there and lingers. But what if like you knowing you mm -hmm. that you're like, oh, it's super creepy old house. And so you go up to peek in the windows. I almost <laughs> did like, the oh, other shit, day. There's people living here. I almost did the other day. Cause I was like, cause it's up on a little bit of a little tiny hill. It's not hard, not too far from the road, but it's enough where, you know, I can see the window, but I can't see the angle in clear enough to tell if there's furniture. And if I did, I'd have to like kind of go up a little ways. And then there's somebody peeking up through somebody's yard and, I don't know. I mean, I just, I thought it was abandoned and I almost really did walk up to it the other day. And maybe I'll just ask tomorrow if I see the guy out there like, hey, what you doing? Just out of curiosity. Like, what the I fuck are you doing? I have by the looks of the place. Yeah. It's abandoned. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Walking on my driveway. This is private property. Okay. As he's drawing his gun. Yeah. Like, I'm just out for a walk. That's all. No, I mean, people he, around here seem to be pretty friendly, but if I'm dead tomorrow, that's probably why. <laughs> so, uh, so bad. There was a creepy place um, near where I grew up, and it was a, a house that we've talked about it on the show before a long time ago. And this house, the most creepy gothic architecture you could ever 
imagine. I loved it. And I have pictures of it. And it's, it, there's, there's a bunch of rumors and stories about the place. And most of them are just completely BS. But um, it was uh, owned by a doctor in my hometown. And this house, it, it was like owned by like some of the founders of like my city, I think. I think one of the governors of Wisconsin had it once. Um, and then by like 1930 something, I believe like nobody lived in it ever again. Ooh. And it has stayed this thing. Like, and eventually like they, there was a care, the, the caretaker had like mowed the lawn cause he lived pretty close. Um, but then that stopped. He just passed on the, the family's still holding onto the house and it's literally falling in on itself. And there's a there's bunch a of, reason why I, nobody ever lived in that house and, again. And there's a bunch of um, development right next to it. It's like if you sold it, I mean, you could probably get some. I mean, the house, it's beyond repair at this point. I mean, it really, it is truly, you could probably throw a baseball at it and the wood will crumble. It's it's in really rough shape these days. Um, but, you know, a handful of years ago, it would have been really neat to restore. And I don't know if we just never got around to it or what the plan was, but I've even heard stories from some of the family where it's like there was never any plan to move in. They the the, the guy just really liked owning the house because um, he had the money to do it. And I guess, it, you know, it was just kind of there to be had, but never. It's such in. a weird thing to do. Own a house just to own it. I would think like at least make it like a weekend retreat or yeah. something. I mean, it doesn't have anything super fancy. Just. But I mean, it was a big house too, especially for the time. There was like, and there was servants' quarters out back in a separate building, which is still somewhat there. Um, so this thing goes way, way back. Um, but it is, it's creepy. I have a giant blown up picture of it in my living room um, that I take out for Halloween because I just think it's just such one of the creepiest places um, ever. But. Um, there was one of those. It was another example of somebody kind of owning the property and and all of that. So anyway, eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. And let's go over to this call right here. Hi, it's your ghost story. Hello, uh, Tony uh, and Carol. Harper. Um, my name is Chris. I'm uh, from Alabama. Uh, my story, uh, well, I have a, a tons of stories, uh, but uh, one story in particular is one that my father used to relate to me. He was a great storyteller uh, from the Southern tradition, you know. And uh, <clears throat> one story he used to tell me, and he had an older brother named Kenneth Gerald. And uh, he was very bright and smart for his age. Uh, the whole com- people, everybody in the community loved him. And the old folks used to say he was smart beyond his years, which some of the older folks used to say that was uh, not a good thing because it could mean that he'd didn't have long for the earth, you know, which eventually is what happened. Um, there was a, and this is uh, during the Great Depression. And um, at the 4th of July, he, he contact, uh, con, uh, contracts 
some kind of disease and it uh it kills them so <clears throat> they have a uh, funeral form and all the women folk are one house and all the men folk are in the other house and they uh they're having a wake so all the men are gathered and they're talking and everything and uh, here he comes walking through through the house he gets to the middle of the of the room and he looks at all the men and waves and that's when everybody knows he was there they didn't think anything of it until he got to the middle of the room and then they noticed he was there and they were like all the jaws dropped and he went to the other end of the room into the kitchen and just faded and, uh, and that was it and the other story I'm going to tell that my father told uh, was he always had this recurring dream when he was a child he said uh, he would always dream that he was in Estill's house which was the old family homestead and it, you know, came down to her with family. And he was on the front porch and he was taking and, and uh, pitching this ball back and forth, rolling this ball, uh, ball uh, back and forth between this him and this little girl. And he was always having this dream and so he told his mama about it. He told his mama about it. He said his mama's face turned white as ghost. And I uh, said, why, why you look so shocked? And uh, she said, you just described Kenneth Gerald and cousin Anna Lawrence. And it's from that point on, my daddy always felt like he was a reincarnation of uh, Kenneth Gerald. And he said, whenever he, and it was, the ball was an orange ball, by the way. Whenever he would see an orange ball randomly, he said there was always something good that would happen to him after that. So he always took the orange, an orange ball to be a sign of good luck. And I, I remember that. He would always bring that up, you know. But I have tons of other stories. I have a, Tons of uh, stories that I, I, I know that were paranormal, and uh, and uh, and and more stories that my father used to relate to me that was that he experienced for himself and uh, and others. Uh, keep on doing what y'all doing. I really enjoy the the podcast. I, I listen to it all the time, and uh, just keep on doing it. Y'all have a good one. Bye. Thank you for the uh, for the stories. Your thoughts on those? The first one was creepy. Yeah. Like, could you imagine? I liked how he said the men folk and the mm-hmm. women folk. <laughs> um, but, like, if you're there because this person died and then this person walks in. And I could see how you would keep on talking at first because there's probably a lot of people in and out. Mm-hmm. So you don't pay attention to everybody who walks past. And you may not know everybody who's coming in. I mean, think, I think the, the initial reaction is going to be, oh, my gosh, the person looks so much like so-and-so. Right. But you're not going to be thinking. Like, oh, my God. 
he just disappeared. Yeah. Like, that was creepy. I think by the time you get there, you're like, it already happened. You know, it's like, oh my God. Like, had he just hung around for a little bit while longer, like maybe it'd be like, wait a second, you know, but just walking through and then they're gone. No, then, yeah, I think that was, uh, that was very creepy. My mom tells this story of, she used to do home health care um, for senior citizens, mm-hmm. like she needs now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, people go in and help with cleaning and cooking or yeah. um, grocery shop and laundry, that sort of thing. And so she did that. So there's one of her ladies, as she used to refer to them. Um, I don't remember her name. But uh, so she passed away. And my mom didn't know this, but was at the funeral and she walked in. The woman did. Oh, God. But it was her identical twin sister. Oh. And mom didn't know she had an identical twin sister. (laughs) And so here she is at the funeral and she just walked into her own funeral. And mom was like really messed up by that. And then, you know, somebody around there was like, Oh yeah, that's Velma's twin sister. Oh my it's like, god! Wouldn't that be weird? Yes, <laughs> that's great. Especially if you didn't know. I think if I was the twin, I would do it all creepily too. I'd be like, get like really pale makeup on, and just, just and kind of walk in like the girl from The Ring or something. Yes, like, <laughs> walk in a little dead. Yeah. <laughs> Come in maybe a different door or something. Yeah. It's like like everybody's walking in through like the, the regular entrance. Just, you know, walk up by the door of the front of the church and just enter that way. Do some kind of weird affected thing like like jerky stuff yeah. with your head. And don't ever make look don't ever make eye contact with anyone and just kind of stand off in the distance a lot. <laughs> and don't don't I mean and whatever you do, if you're an identical twin, don't tell anybody like after you're fifty or sixty. <laughs> just play that. <laughs> Like that would be so fun. I just thought that was funny. I mean, it'd be freaky though if you were there. Completely, it'd be very freaky. Thank you for sharing that story with us. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is our phone number. At Real Ghost Stories Online, that's going to wrap up today's episode of the show. If you like it, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Until next time, for Carol, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.